Well, good morning, Lindsley Avenue. It's good to see everybody today. Sorry for our technical malfunction over there, but uh, perhaps that means that I will uh, put half the damage on everyone today since it's only coming through one screen. Uh, we're glad to have you if you're visiting here with us this morning. Uh, we want to make sure you know you are invited. Please stay because we're having a chili cook-off today after the services. Plenty of chili and we want you to stay. We have visitors all the way from Hawaii who came to try out the chili here this morning. Uh, maybe she's here for another reason, but she's here today anyway, so we're glad you're here. Um, if you are in any way here today and have a need, if you need something to help you stay warm or to get by, we have lots of things right behind here. Please don't leave without letting us know and let you look through what we might have to improve uh, your circumstances. So please, this, that's why we have some of the things we do. We want everyone uh, to be cared for and we love everyone. The door, the sign at the door at the front is very true here at Lindsley Avenue. All are welcome, so we're glad you're here. As I say, we've got a chili cook-off here this morning. Uh, I don't know about the city of Sausalito there. That's a lot of different chilies to try. If the judges have to try that many cups of chili today, we're going to be here a while. But we do this kind of thing because we want to see who wins. We want to engage in a contest. It's a competition to see who will win. When you're thinking of contests, some people might think of a run. You know, they have numbers on them so they can tell who finishes and crosses the line first. Or you might have a boat. I promise you I have never done anything like that in any kind of contest. Or if you happen to see sometimes on television, somehow I always seem to manage to turn things on and see the Kentucky Derby by chance. I never know when it's happening, but I've seen it a lot. Horses, right? All sorts of contests. For the manly who might be here today, you might have a contest like this. That's Thurl and Jeff, in case you don't recognize them. I'm not sure, I don't remember who won. But uh, Thurl and Jeff, this is a contest I'm more interested in. That is a pie-eating contest. That's not blood. He didn't hurt himself trying to eat the pie. I think that's blueberry or blackberry. And then sometimes you have a contest that's uh, stranger because you have a contest like that. That is the ugly dog contest, and I'm not surprised that dog won first place. I mean, look at that. There's a whole breed of dogs that their tongues hang out to the side like that. I... I Humanity is a strange race, but we will breed for stuff like that. Contests. Well, when you think about being in a contest, to prepare for a contest, it requires training. There are certain skills you need to participate in a contest. Some of us did not cook any chili today because we wouldn't really know what to do or how to start. But athletes, for example, in preparing for a contest, usually eat better when preparing for an upcoming event, they will exercise and train. And when they eat better, they don't eat like that, right? If that's on your regimen to prepare for a contest, you are not going to do well. Now, that's usually my regimen uh, when I'm preparing sermons, so if they're not, maybe that's not the right kind of food to have for that. What else is involved? There are rules. These are three pages of 160 plus pages of the rules of baseball. I played baseball for nine years, and I don't think Dad ever showed me the 160-plus page rule book. But from time to time, you run across 
situations where people participating in a contest or an athletic event don't seem to know the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you don't win. Things don't count. So the next slide, actually, I told the kids this, is for the four of you, Emma, Max, and you guys, right? Y'all ready? I want to know, I'm going to show a picture, and I want to know what's wrong. What did this participant in the contest do that was wrong? I want you to raise your hand. Don't shout out. Okay? So here comes the first picture. It's going to be right over here. Y'all ready? Yeah. Now, you adults, if you're kids, you can raise your hand if you want, but I'm aiming at these four. What's the problem with this picture? Max was first. All right, the background is blurry and he is skipping, but that's not the violation of the rule that's shown on the screen. Emma was second, you'll be third. He's holding something, okay. No, 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 I've got guys right over here. He dropped the ball. What about him dropping the ball? He, he, uh, he let go of the ball, and he can't go really. He, where did he let go of the ball? What's he about to cross? What's that line he's about? He let go of the ball too early. I have seen that on television. Have any, has anybody else seen that? This guy, he's an interception. He's like, look at me. You know, all the ladies are looking at him and all that stuff. He's like, I'm Mr. Big. And he drops the ball on the two-yard line and then skips across, to your point, skips across into the end zone, but the ball didn't go across the end zone. So what's the problem? There is no touchdown if the ball doesn't cross the end zone. This is a terrible, terrible mistake. Did not follow the rule. Cost this team seven points and there's plenty of examples like she would think one guy would do this right and then everybody that plays football in the entire world would say i'm never going to show up on sports center with my picture dropping the ball and so they would never do it again but it happens they're so excited they think look at me right and they drop the ball and don't whoops but those are the rules here's another one okay again raise your hands if you know why this is a problem here you go Max was first again. Let's see. His hand is going through the net. He's not supposed to do that because that's called, also called uh, goaltending. It is goaltending. That is correct. You cannot block a shot by putting your hand inside the cylinder like this. You, that's, that's one problem. The hand can't go in the cylinder. And if the ball is over the top of the cylinder or top of the basketball goal, you can't hit it when it's inside that cylinder going up into infinity above the basketball goal, right? This would be an automatic two points for that team in the white, which looks like the Lakers to my dismay, okay? You've got to follow the rules or things don't work. What's involved? Only one wins. And when I think of a winner, I have to put this man up here. I know there's a lot of haters out there that really don't like Tom Brady, but this guy, is, he's, he's been had an incredible career. Supposedly now for the second time he's retiring. We'll see if the third time's the charm. But he, does, he almost doesn't have enough fingers to wear his Super Bowl rings. And every year, in fact, there's some contest going on later tonight. I think it's on, uh, as I recall, it's on ESPN 47. It's the, it's the blindfolded knitting contest at 5 o'clock. No, that's not it. The Super Bowl tonight. Super Bowl tonight. How many teams are going to win tonight? One. 
How many teams are in the NFL? A lot more than one. One wins. Only one wins when we have a contest. Unless, of course, you're talking about the Olympics. Even then, only one gets a gold medal. They give a silver, which is known as, if you're teasing people, the first loser. But it is second place, right? Out of a lot of people, that's still the second fastest swimmer of everybody trying to compete. Or the bronze. Nobody ever, uh, you know, the silver medal gets a bad rap, right? The person with the bronze is like, I nearly didn't get anything. So I'm so happy to have this bronze medal. The silver is like, I didn't win. That's all. I'm afraid that's probably what the silver medalist thinks. Only one usually wins. What's also involved in a contest? Not everybody finishes the contest. You know, if you're biking, that's a problem, right? Look at that. There's been an accident. Remember the Music City race that was here? There were all sorts of cars that had damage to them. You may start the race, but not everybody finishes the race. Or when you're thinking about the Olympics again, or, I love speed skating, right? Such a short little track. I don't know how they stay up, but all it takes is one to slip and they go sliding into the walls. Not everybody that starts finishes. Well, contests or athletic events are not something new in the 20th and 21st century. They were going on in the first century and before. In fact, the Olympic Games started a long, long time before the time of the New Testament. Paul had spent time in Corinth, spent time in Ephesus, and there were a lot of games that went on, more like our Olympic Games than football. And Paul almost certainly saw games like that when he was in these cities. He uses them as an example, an example here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 to teach us something very important. Here's what Laws read for us earlier. Paul says here, Do you not know that in a race all the runners won, but only one receives the prize? You know, unless you're in the Olympics and get a silver or bronze. There's only one first. So he tells people here in Corinth, so run that you may obtain it. Run to finish first. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, right? We had the donuts out here. The big athletes are not in there eating three of those cream-filled donuts. That's not how it works. They exercise self-control and they run to receive a perishable wreath, an olive wreath, a crown of olives that will go on the head. You can see it in the statue of this individual. That stuff around the head is not braided hair. That's an olive wreath because they would have been first. We run this race to wear a crown that's imperishable, that does not decay, that does not turn brown, that does not fade away. In Paul's time, people competed at the stadiums. They trained and trained and trained in order to get something that really disappeared after a rather short time. It decayed. He then says in verse 26, I do not run aimlessly. I'm not competing without a goal. I do not box as one beating the air. If you've seen the Rocky movies, you know, when he's getting ready to take on Flubber or whoever, right? He's doing the, <laughs> he's making the noise, right? As he's beating, he's boxing the air. There's nobody there. He's training by just going through the motions. Paul says, I'm not going through the motions here. I'm not doing this kind of thing for no real purpose. I'm in this keeping my body under control and discipline, lest after preaching to others, I, Paul says, should be disqualified. 
Paul spent his life, his training, his program, his exercise was to share the good news with other people. But Paul looked after himself so that even after spending all that time preaching and talking about the good news to people, he would not drop the ball on the two-yard line and fail to cross the goal line. He had a goal, going home to God, and he worked at the goal. Some start out on their Christian journey and they just don't finish. They fall away. To quote from the, uh, the idea of the parable of the sower that Jesus talked about, the parable of the soils, sometimes the cares of the world, problems that arise in our lives, the deceitfulness of riches, thinking that if only if I just had money, everything would be fine, cause people to quit focusing on God, or persecution. I'm a follower of Jesus. Why do these bad things keep happening to me? Right? Cause people to focus on things other following after Jesus. Some start out the race and don't follow the requirements. I don't like that word really that, that much here in talking about following after Jesus, but some just don't really seem to love God, at least not enough to change their lives. Some don't seem to love their neighbors. They continue to lie. They don't turn their backs on the behaviors that God says you've got to get rid of if you want to be one of my people. They don't get to the finish line. What a, what a real tragedy. You started this race and you dropped the ball on the second yard line. We too should be training ourselves for this contest that we are in. The contest of going home to God. Paul talks about that in Titus chapter 2. Look at this with me. Paul says in Titus 2 starting in verse 11. The grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people. Some of our religious neighbors seem to want to stop and say, that's great, God's going to save everybody. But if you continue reading, the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, but there's an expectation that that grace brings upon all of us. It teaches us or trains us. The grace of God that appears is something we need to work with and work at to change our lives, to change us and change our hearts to become the kind of people God wants us to be. What does that mean, Paul? Training us to what? Renounce ungodliness, leave behaviors that are not God-like. And there's a lot of things that humanity and people do that aren't really like God. To renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. In this first century, he's talking about physical immorality. Absolutely. Physical immorality. To worship in pagan temples, there were uh, prostitutes who were there, and that was considered worship. It may have drawn the crowds, but it certainly wasn't focused on anything remotely like what God would want people to be. We need to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and do what, Paul? Do what? To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. However I lived before, now that the grace of God has appeared, it should train me. I should work at training myself to be the kind of person God wants me to be. Waiting. Why are we doing all this? Why are we engaged in this training program, as it were? Waiting for our blessed hope, 
the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who were zealous of good works. I need to leave my old way of living because God's grace has come and it's teaching me I need to change and I need to renounce ungodliness and leave worldly passions and to have control of myself to live a self-controlled, godly and upright life in the present age. That's how we're going to finish in this race, in this contest. Paul later on, after going through a lot more pain, suffering, and trouble, writes to Timothy a second time in 2 Timothy chapter 4, near the end of his life, and he says that he has essentially finished the race. He maintained the fight. He finished it. He let the grace of God train him so that he would be prepared for the appearing of Jesus Christ. Look what he says to Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have in fact finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, thereafter, or now that that has happened, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Remember I said before that only one wins? Tonight, both teams are not going to win in the Super Bowl. Only one team's going to win. There's wonderful news. There's not going to be simply one winner in this contest we're in to go home to God. Paul says he was expecting to receive that crown of righteousness because he had finished his fight. He had kept the faith. That crown was not only for him. Look what Paul says. It's for all who love his appearing. All of us can finish, as it were, in first place. That should be our goal as well. So the great news is in so many ways this contest that we are engaging in is already won. The outcome's really not in doubt because Jesus secured that victory. He secured that first place finish that we're all seeking when he died on the cross instead of me having to die for my own choices. The victory is certain if, as Paul said, we keep the faith, if we continue the fight, if we finish the race. When we believe in Jesus as God's son, when we change our lives, because remember that grace of God has appeared teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, you can't keep living the way we used to be. And if I have become a member of God's family, I can't keep going back and pulling that old dead corpse of what used to be Gene up out of the ground anymore. He should be dead, buried, and forgotten because I'm supposed to be a new person. When we become members of God's family by reenacting Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, being raised to walk free of sin, and free of all of our past, the battle is won if we don't give up. Jesus has secured that victory for you and for me today. If you're not yet a member of God's family, 
the door is wide open for you today to come and accept that grace of God that has appeared and to become a member of his family. We'd love to, to talk with you, study with you. We'd love to help you become a member of God's family this morning. You're a member of his family, but looking at your life the past few days, weeks, months, you've been going back to the way you used to be way, way too often. The way back to God is to repent and to pray. God will gladly forgive. We will be happy to pray with you. If there's any way that we can help you come back to God, please come now as we stand and sing.